The Courage to Lead, Episode 66. You're listening to the IB4E Coaching Podcast. Brought to you by IB4E Coaching, business coaching for executives, entrepreneurs, and small business professionals. Learn more at ib4e-coaching.com. Hey, Coach Harlan here. Welcome back to the podcast. Hope you guys are having a phenomenal week. Um, I'm having a great week because I get to do what I do, which is work with businesses and business leaders to help them become more courageous in their leadership. Um, and I get to do the podcast, which I'm excited about today because I get to introduce you to a new friend of mine. His name is Kawan Karadagi. After many years of trials and self-discovery, Kawan stumbled into fitness and journeyed his way into becoming a master trainer. He wouldn't be where he is without mentors and business partners. He now owns and operates three gyms with a plan for expansion. Kawan serves as a guide to help others find their strengths by problem solving and continuous improvement. He also hosts a podcast called Valueverse to talk about the stories of mastery, growth, and success. He's fascinated by the intertwining in business, leadership, nature, and philosophy. So help me welcome Kwan. Kwan, welcome to the show. Hey, Harlan. Thanks. Thanks for having me on. I love the, the podcast and I'm um, honored to be here. No, oh, it's a lot of fun. I've been looking forward to this. Um, we talked earlier and then I love your story. Definitely want to get into your story, talk a little bit about um, how you got to where you are now. Um, and being a business owner of three gyms with expansion on the way and stuff, definitely want to talk about your leadership um, and your your podcast. We'll get into talking about your podcast too. But before we get started, um, I have some questions that I ask all my guests. These are questions uh, listeners will know. These questions were made famous on the award-winning TV show Inside the Actor Studio, where host oh. James Lipton asked these questions of his guests, Hollywood movie stars, film stars, stage stars. So I figure if these questions are good enough for the Hollywood elite, they're certainly good enough for my guests. So come on, if you're ready, I have some questions for you. Yeah, I think I'm uh, ready to rock. Give me one second here while I get this door thing figured out. <laughs> Snuck up on me there. All right, ready to rock. Okay, let's do it. All right, here we go. With question number one, what is your favorite word? Favorite word I'm going to have to say is, I'm going to go with perseverance. Perseverance. Good job. What is your least favorite word? Can'ts. Can'ts. What turns you on? The thought of, you know, someone becoming or realizing their their work efforts and their uh, realization of becoming better or you know um, actualization progression progression and what turns you off i believe it would be lack of of wanting more for oneself cool what sound or noise do you love you know, I have to go with my coffee maker in the morning. <laughs> that's, that's a man after my own heart. Absolutely. <laughs> what sound or noise do you hate? I think the, the jackhammer, the construction there. That, that one gets me. Yeah. Um, question seven. What is your favorite curse word? You know, it starts with an S, ends with a T. I don't know if I'm allowed to say it, but. I think we get the hint. <laughs> That's good. Uh, what profession other than your own would you like to attempt? No, I always loved one of an artist or um, someone that's, you know, uh, just, just some, a performance art of some sort, maybe on the stage or, or some, some instrument of some sort, a dancer or something like that. That, that always struck me as something entertaining. Awesome. Uh, what profession would you not like to do? And that's tough. I'm going to say, say factory worker. Absolutely. All right. Final question. Come on. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? You did good. You could have done a little better on these areas, but overall, good job. Good job. Excellent. <laughs> All right. So like I said, we're going to get into uh, you, your background, how you got your, your story of how you got to where you are now, um, some of the things you're working on, some of the things in your future, 
and we'll talk about your podcast, Valueverse, right? Great. Yeah. Okay. Talk all about that right when we come back. So stick with us. Imagine having a trusted group of CEOs at your disposal. Imagine having your very own peer advisory team who could work you through the problems and questions in your business before you had to make those difficult decisions. Imagine you had a group of advisors that had your back and met for the sole purpose of making you successful in your business. What would you be able to accomplish then? Well, you don't have to imagine anymore. You can have that and more when you join my Business Success Mastermind Group. Join my Business Success Mastermind Group today. Learn more at ib4e-coaching.com forward slash mastermind. And we're back with my guest, Kawan Kardagi. Kawan, thanks again for agreeing to be on the podcast. Looking forward to having the conversation with you and learning more about you and your background. So tell me your story. How did you, how did you get started? You know, it was a story that, it resembles one of, you know, a lot of different struggles that I went through. And I basically started off getting into, um, you know, my mom got me into, you know, fitness, reading fitness magazines and martial arts growing up. Um, those two things had the biggest impact on my life. Um, I still read the fitness magazine today, Men's Health, great magazine, by the way. And I, you know, I, I stuck with that and I always had a knack for, for science and improvement. Believe it or not, you know, I started getting into, um, I, I see Rocky movies. I don't know where the first place I saw them. And, and I loved the, um, just the, the story of this man that was down and out, didn't have much going for him and, you know, made a decision and a commitment. Um, and later I would go on to realize like Rocky was basically, you know, a life story that, uh, Rocky is life, as they say, right? And um, I, I strongly believe in that. So, you know, I drifted for a long, long time. Uh, I didn't do really much. And I basically, um, you know, I would always have these visions of of just getting a little bit better, getting a little bit stronger. And um, it never really left. So I stumbled upon, you know, I had a great mentor who, who was great at listening to me and allowing me space to talk. And you know, we had visited, um, we were in this, this basement in Iraq and it was, uh, it was my grandfather's funeral at the time. And I was sitting with him and I was rambling on and on about something. And he said, you know, have you ever thought about, you know, acting or, or anything like that? And I, and I said, acting. I was shocked that somebody would believe that I could even do something like that. And I, I want to say that's kind of the moment that tipped me into, wanting more for myself, learning more about myself, finding my identity and what I really wanted to do in my life. And so needless to say, you know, I was uh, awestruck by it. I went and joined some acting classes. I got into uh, theater, improvisation, and I loved it. I loved being there because I was out of my head. I was in my element on there and I didn't have to think about anything else. Right. Uh, so that allowed me to explore a lot of different career options uh, because as an actor or, you know, um, the performer, you play different roles, right? So I was always interested in, in, um, in what those represented and allowed me to peek into characters. So, um, doing that, I met, you know, another guy there who took an interest in me and wanted to be my friend. And we kind of just hit it off. And, um, he said, Hey, you ever thought about, you know, moving to Los Angeles to, you know, to pursue this thing? And I said, yeah, I, I thought about it and I wasn't doing much. Uh, I had gone through a breakup, which, which was tough. Uh, it had a, a big impact on me. And, you know, there's nothing like something like that, that that just makes you look within, you know. And I think that those are some of the most powerful moments that happen in people's lives where you can, you know, choose to to truly benefit from or, or you know, spend that time not doing that. Right. So I chose the, the, the former and, you know, I, I moved to L.A., him and I, you know, he knocked on my door one day and he was very fit. He was 10 years old than me. His name is George Baloulis. And I, I thank him to this day for, for knocking on my door. Um, and he said, hey, man, do you want to go for a run? And I was like, no way running. What the heck is that? Um, and so we, we got into that. Uh, he talked me into it. Long story short. So I was a smoker at the time. I smoked a pack a day. Hmm. And you know, it, it just floored me, Harlan. Right. I was out. I was I was hurting there. And. I hated that feeling of, of, you know, just, just being dizzy, being out of breath. And I just remember the next day, um, you know, kind of thinking, you know, what, if I could be a little bit stronger, I could be a little bit better. And he came back and he said, let's, let's do it again. This time we'll take it easy 
And for some reason, I said yes. You know, for some wild reason, I, I decided to go. And I was a little bit stronger. I was a little bit better. And you know, that that physicality of that efficacy of knowing that I could do that allowed me to say, you know, what if I stick with it? What if I keep doing this? What what happens? You know, what's the good that's going to come out of this? So I, I decided to keep running. I, I stuck with it. Um, and, you know, I phoned my mom. I made a pact with her. I said, I'll quit smoking if you, if you start losing weight. And she was like, oh, okay, yeah. And, you know, you know, say I, I ended the bargain. I was the one ahead there. And then she finally came on board and lost 50 pounds, which was a win. And, you know, I basically... Man, um, we were running one day and he looked at me and he said, you know, man, if you would have joined the gym, would have put five pounds of muscle on you by now. And I, I looked at myself, I said, damn it. You know, I just lost all this. I lost a month. I got to I got to join the gym. So I, I biked to the gym the next day and I joined. I still have a piece of paper that that shows that I joined the gym. And, you know, I stuck with it. It was I was falling off and on here and there. And then I decided one day that I wasn't going to do things halfway anymore. You know, I was going to I was going to commit to, you know, doing this fitness workouts or whatever it entailed to its utmost, you know, in a seriousness. So I, I don't know, man, I made a decision um, and, and I just stuck with it. I kept working out and then it translated to other areas of my life. You know, what else can I do better? What else can I improve upon? And later I would go to find out that this was kind of what I was designed to do was just improve myself and things around me. It's just, I don't know how I'm made, I guess, or how I'm wired. And yeah. it just stuck. You know, I, I, I worked out four years and I hit another financial crisis where I realized that, you know, I was in a moment where I had to be on my own and there was no, you know, real money coming in. I was working restaurants, struggling, you know, as, as a struggling actor is what they call it. Sure. And, didn't, you know, just waiting around for the phone to ring, just drifting again, you know, and, and being directionless. So, um, you know, I had a phone call. I said, hey, I, you know, I'm going to be in the situation where I'm not going to be able to make enough money to have my own place. So I had to move back to the East Coast. Or, and I remember looking at apartments and I had applied for several restaurant jobs. And they all said no to me. Uh, they all had, uh, you know, either hired people or they didn't call back. And I still have some of those emails. I go back and look and and, um, you know, it just hit me at one day, you know, I, Harlan, I sat there and I said, you know, the, the difference between me getting an apartment here in L.A. and going to Virginia was like three or four hundred dollars. Mm. And I, it made me look at my life in the moment. Um, and I was, you know, about I think I was 29 or 30 years old at the time. And I said, man, you know, is this what it's come down to? I said, you, you came all this way. You, you gave up your life there, your friends, your family, everybody's on the East Coast and you here you are on the West Coast and you're, you're thinking about moving back and just giving up. And $400 is what's kind of holding you back. Yeah. And I just had that moment where, you know, I had to look at myself and, and just be honest with myself. And I said, you know, what are you good at? You know, what, what is it that you can do that nobody else can do or that you even have as a skill? And I said, well, I, you know, I went down the list and I said, I, I, I can act. I said, well, you know, let's, let's be honest here. You know, you're not going to be able to pay the, pay the bills with acting. So that, that one was, was painful as I had to realize that. And the second thing was waiting tables. I said, well, I can wait tables. So, but is that what you want to do for the rest of your life? There's nothing wrong with that, but is that what you yeah. want? And I said, well, I don't know if I want to do that forever. And the third thing was, you know, you're, you play, I play chess a lot. Right. And I said, well, maybe I can, I can teach chess. I said, well, you're not, you know, Gary Kasparov here. So you're not probably not going to succeed in that one. Um, you might have some entry level tutoring and stuff, but I don't know if that's your passion. And I said, well, what else do I have? I said, well, I, I know how to work out. And that's kind of the, the only thing I, I've, I've really known for the past four or five years. I know everything there is to know about it. And the next few things or, or weeks there was like a perfect storm of events that I still amazed at how it happened. I, I met several key influential people that, you know, uh, one walked by me there and said, you know, have you ever heard of, uh, you, you know, you're here all the time. You ever thought about being a trainer? <laughs> and again, that question, right. Where someone takes an interest in you and, you know, you as your responsibility to answer that, you know, and that's kind of what I've just always done. If someone's asked me something, I, I looked at myself and, and truly asked myself, is that, something that is important or is that something I can do or is that a call that I want to answer and so 
it was a call to action. You know, I, I went home, I researched training. I, I told my mom, I said, mom, you know, this training thing, what's this about? And she said, yeah, I don't know why you haven't done this before. Like you, you all you do is work out. And, you know, I looked at cnnmoney.com. I think, I don't remember what website it was, but it was one out of the hundred jobs. I, I Google searched personal training salary. Yep. And I thought, man, I could, I could really do well here. And then, you know, um, that trainer's name was Andrew introduced me to Josh, which was a fitness manager at the time. And, he basically said, look, if you get certified, I'll hire you. And, you um, you know, I got certified. One thing led to another and I started with zero sessions, got to 10,000 hours, uh, long story short. And, um, you know, I, we had so many general managers coming in and out. I met um, my business partner now, uh, Dan Sussman, who we would talk about sort of the meaning of life, and what we wanted to do with it and what our goals and ambitions were. And we both had some career mishaps there that we didn't expect where we were going. And he looked at me and said, you ever thought about opening up a business? And I said, well, how do we do that? And now here I am. Right. Mm-hmm. So long, long story short, uh, that's kind of, you know, what happened there. Yeah. That's awesome. But I mean, you, you've, okay. So you covered a lot of ground. Let's go back and unpack this a little bit. Um, the acting stuff. A lot of people get the idea, Hey, I want to try this out. Okay. You actually went out to California. You went, you, you tried um, cattle calls. You went out on the different mm-hmm. jobs. Did you get any, any roles while you were out there at all? I did some very, very small things where like extra roles and I had some bit parts and commercials and, and theater and things like that. Um, some modeling, you know, <laughs> modeling is, I don't know who would hire me as a model, but they did. And um, yeah, so it's a very small bit parts that, that were enough to keep me encouraged. Absolutely. But then once you went through and, and unpacked your skills, right. And identified your, your area of strength, your area of genius, the doors open up for you. Mm. And I think that's so key working with clients so many times. It's like, well, I don't know. I don't know. Once you get down to that and say, this is what I'm really good at. This is what I really know and where I'm really comfortable. It just seemed like, you know, the universe opens up and here's all these things. So you got approached uh, to be uh, a trainer, you went through the certification. What, what types of things do you certify in now? So immediately it was, um, they told me, oh, there's just top certification you got to get it's the NASM certification. And that's the one you got to get. So I went home, it was president's day. I bought it, it was on sale. And, um, and it was a bunch of you know course material. And, and I came back and I said, Hey, I got the cert and I'm going to study. It's going to take me. And they looked at me and said, it's going to take you about you know six months here before you, you pass this thing or at least a couple of months. And he said, you know, there's this weekend certification that you can go to and become certified in a weekend. And I thought, oh, man, okay. So this was the, the 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 cornerstone of you know the timing of of things, right? Where you're at a moment in your life where action is you know um, dependent on your on your next step of success or wherever you're headed. And that critical moment is is in people's lives all the time. And it's that moment where you have to say, okay, I got to do this now. I got to make this decision now, right? Yeah. And and that's kind of what I did. It was in two weeks, the certification program. It was called Nesta Training Made Fun. Um, you know, they turn out trainers there in a weekend. It's like a, a two, like 10-hour days or 12-hour days. And then on the second day is the exam. Wow. So I, I ran, you know, I signed up quickly. They gave me a booklet and that was the first certification I got. I was, I was super nervous. I thought there's no way, you know, I'm going to pass this. I went surprisingly, I passed. And then um, I studied my second one and passed that and, and got about, I think about eight more. So very cool. And so you uh, were a trainer working with people and then you made the decision, Hey, maybe I should start a business like this. Right. So did you guys team up you and your, your business partner? So my business partner and I, we, we, we talked and we had gone through, you know, so many ideas. And I think an important thing for me to reiterate here is also on the acting and the, the ideation of, of business is, you know, the acting was something in essence, when I look back on was something that didn't work out. Right. Um, but however, it was a vehicle in me leading to finding something else. And that's kind of what, you know, don't worry about the greatest idea. Try ideas and see what kind of works. And with my business partner, we went through about 10 or 15 different ideas um, of the things that we could do. And I mean, you, you name it. We were going to sell breathalyzers, T-shirts. We wanted our own clothing. We said, man, what are we going to do with all this? I said, well, let's go with what we're good at, which is working out. And fitness and gyms. This is what we know. 
So we said, okay, well, let's make a sheet here and let's write down all the expenses of how much it's going to cost to buy every single item in the gym and put this thing together, right? So we sat down, we had a piece of paper and we looked at it and it was an exorbitant amount of money. I said, there's no way we can get this money now. I said, so what are we going to do? And, and we kind of stumbled around for a little bit and we had an, a thing that, that fell through. Uh, that was a gym that we were initially going to to um, acquire, and it had a member base already, and it was just a single gym, um, sort of like a mom pop gym. And we said, okay, let's get this. So we had gone through back and forth with the agent at the time, and you know we were all excited. We thought we were going to get it, and we didn't get it. And that was, you know, it was heartbreaking to happen to us because we were sitting there thinking, man, this is it's over. We don't know what else to do. And uh, we just got to go back and work and, and figure things out. And it was it was a it was a harsh you know reality for us, but it was one of the best things that happened to us because it allowed us to go the franchise route and the scalability model on that was just so much quicker. Yeah. So which and franchise? Which franchise did you guys? So own? yeah. So it's Anytime Fitness is, is what we uh, what we're doing and. You know, it, it banks, loans, any type of investor is going to be so much easier to back you when you have a proven model sure. versus a mom and pop. So that, that was the fortunate part of that. So, you know, not getting what you want sometimes is just a wonderful stroke of luck, as, as they say. You know? yeah. But that was probably a really good exercise for you to put together a business plan, you know, run the, the models and everything like that and the, the uh, resources you'll need. And that probably helped set you up in in the business now. Um, how many folks do you have working for you now? So right now we have about, I want to say at the top of my head, about 15 team members um, okay. that, that work for us at our three locations. So they're small, uh, small gyms or, or 6,000 square foot. So uh, the model is, is great because, um, you know, as, as funny as our ironic as the saying goes, you can really close the door on your business because business never stops, as you well know. But yeah. Uh, the model's great because you can actually, you know, close the office door and, and go home at some point, whereas a restaurant is just constantly going there, right? So um, in essence, there, the the model's great because it allows us that peace of mind. Yeah, very cool. And so, and you're looking to expand now, right? You've got three locations. Yeah, we're, we're on three. We're going to um, expand in Sacramento and for the part downtown San Diego as well. So nice. it'll be, it'll be exciting to, to do that. Absolutely. Very cool. Um, so you say you have about 15 people working for you right now. If I was to bump into any of those folks on the street and ask them, what type of leader are you? What do you think they'd say? You know, it's a great question. Um, I was talking to somebody yesterday, uh, the other day, or Laura was her name, and she's all about leadership. And there's always a, a way that what you think you are to people and what people think of you, right? So, and I, and I thought that was, um, that stood out for me because I look back and I want to be saying that I'm this you know great leader. And all I can hope for is that I allow others to bring their ideas and, and succeed with those, right? So, I try to lead from a place of um, freedom and responsibility, um, allowing others to take ownership um, of what the situation is inside of, of the gym, right? Um, or, you know, in, in the work on the field. Um, there's this great, you know, saying with, by Nelson Mandela, which is, you know, lead from the back and allow others to believe they're leading from the front, right? So I, I try to take the back seat on a lot of things because I don't know as much as they know, right? And I'm not on the field always um, seeing what they see. So for me, imparting that on someone and, and forcefully telling people, it's never been a good thing for me. Um, I realized from, from my type of leadership, the best way is to ask questions and to to get answers and then from there allow for the best decision or idea to win. So um, for me, I think that the best thing is to just constantly vet ideas and, and question, ask questions and get others to come to their own realizations of what that, that best possible direction is. And then, um, you know, for me, it's, I, I read in a, in a 360 leader by John Maxwell, which I, great book, by the way. And um, you know, there's a, there's a story in there about a guy who runs a ship and he runs it kind of loosely, but he says that as long as the ship's not, you know, um, 
catching on fire. We have a leak or a hole, or we're not going to drown. We're not causing, you know, high taxpayer dollars to to cause for, you know, damages, or you know, no one's going to get hurt. Then you can do whatever you want, right? So, and I thought that was brilliant, right? Because I thought that, that that's it. Because you don't want to step in all the time and and that. So, so I, I hope that they say that you know that he gives our Gus gives us our space to do what we know how to do. Nice. So at you can't be everywhere at once, right? I'm assuming um, you can't be everywhere at once. Do you have uh, leaders or or people managing those different? Uh, operations for you? Yeah. Yeah. We have managers at each location, which, um, you know, they're, they're, we can't do it without them, um, which is our, our leaders on the, on the front there. So we have a regional uh, fitness director as well, who believe it or not, was the uh, man who hired me at Josh was the guy from the story there that is now our regional fitness director who um, who's doing what he does best. And he's just, you know, tremendous at it great at working with people and and helping develop them and um, he's just truly a builder so um, those leaders there are the ones that are the true um, face of the company good job um so your story is similar like you said to a lot of people you know kind of floundering around a little bit they're not sure exactly what they want to do they figure they're going to try acting which i think in a lot of ways is good for people because you're trying out different characters and you're living different types of lives and you, it, it's almost a way of finding out who you are, what your strengths are, what you really, really want to do. Um, but a lot of people would have given up and just gone back home and you didn't, you, you kept going. Where did you find that strength? Where did that come from? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. And for me, the thought of, you know, um, failing was the, the thing that drove me towards not wanting to give up. Um, I didn't want to just say, well, this is it. And that's, I'm throwing in the towel. That, that to me was scarier than um, great, big, ambitious goals, right? Because everyone's ambitious, but it's at the end is, is where do you want to basically say, well, I got to do this for this. What's your why, as we call as trainers, right? What, what is the thing that drives you? And for me, it was, you know, all the, the things that I'd done, the actions and that were backing kind of where I was. And I said, well, I, I did all this stuff and here I am. And is this it? You know, is this, is this what it's come down to? Am I going to give up? And that, that's kind of what it was. I didn't want to do that. And I didn't want to just live with that. I don't think I could have ever lived with that. And I'm so glad that I didn't because it, it led to so many more things. Right. So I always think about, um, all the, all the great stories I've ever heard. And I always look back and I say, well, what if, if that person gave up? What if they stopped? What if they didn't do that, right? All your favorite actors and, and leaders and, um, you know, people that we look up to, what if they gave up? What if they didn't care anymore, you know? And that's kind of what I looked at. I said, I can't, that, that always inspired me. So, you know, a, a story that related to me was, you know, my, my mom and dad, um, my dad, you know, quartered my mother for about six months until she finally said, Hey, um, all right, I'll give you time of day. Right. And, you know, he was persistent and he, he didn't stop. He kept, he kept knocking her to brought flowers and, you know, thanks dad. Right. Because he, he did that. He, he didn't give up. And, and I thought to myself, so what if he gave up? I wouldn't be here today, you know, and, and that's, that's a beautiful thing. So, never underestimate the power of just of just keep going forward and keep being persistent and, and trying new things and it's okay to fail it's okay to 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 not have all the answers and the ideas tinker with it try something new you know try a different strategy um all all the great ideas of today weren't just miraculously coming about they probably came from a lot of bad ideas and yeah. Um, you know, I think there's, there's power in that. I think there's power in moving forward and, and just going with the basics of just showing up every day. Absolutely. Yeah. Somebody told me once a long time ago, try to learn from other people's mistakes because you'll never live long enough to make them all yourself. Mm. Right. Um, so using that, um, have you learned from somebody else's mistake? Have you seen somebody do some things that you say, Oh, I will never, never do that. You know, I, yes, I was reading, you know, I read a lot. I read about 30, 40 pages of, you know, it's a good business book a day and, and leadership books all the time. So I always try to stay sharp in that. And um, 
you know, I owe a lot of success to that as well. Uh, you know, I look back on some of the stories um, that didn't go so well, and I, I always look back and say, okay, am I that? Am I that guy? And and how do I avoid from being this person? Because um, you know, these stories can help us learn and 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 take away the principles from it. That this is the most important thing. And when I was touching back on chess, you know, and all that, the beauty of making mistakes is what will you do when you feel the pain of the mistake is the question you need to ask yourself. And being, you know, in improvement and bettering and self-development, um, and you being a coach as well, I think is is an important thing to, to I think you we all see is okay, you know, stuff is gonna happen. And what are we going to do to learn from these things? So taking learning principles away is, is the key. And I remember, you know, um, if I got injured from working out in a gym, I said, this, this is a signal, you know, this is a gift because it's trying to tell you something and what you're doing is not working. So I said, okay, I got, I got to, I got to switch things up. I got to, I got to pay attention to these things. So I think as, as human beings, we, we got to treat pain a little bit differently. We need to, you know, sort of not, you know, um, celebrate it, but befriended and understand and learn from it. So, you know, I always, I read a lot of business stories of people that didn't do so, so well. And I say, okay, um, write down what happened here and really internalize this. And how can you not do these things? Right. And, uh, you know, there's been so many stories like that, but I think for me, I've, I've done so many little mini mess ups that I've, I've, I've tried to try to always learn from. And, and I think that's the most important thing is, is to constantly be learning. Absolutely. Yeah. If you make a mistake, it's only bad. If you, if you stop, if you learn something from it and do better next time, then it was worth it. Right. That's right. So talking about courage, there's a lot of different types of courage that we tap into on a regular basis, uh, either personally, professionally, um, intellectual courage, right? Expanding your knowledge, making room for new knowledge, letting go of some of the old long held beliefs to make room for brand new knowledge. There's discipline, um, courage where you set a plan. And even though you see the shiny objects around, you may stumble or fall. You still stick to your plan. You keep moving forward, right? Moral courage, doing what's right, the social courage, saying what needs to be said, when it needs to be said, um, physical courage, spiritual courage, everything like that. Um, is there one type of courage you think is uh, most important for an entrepreneur? You know, I think, <clears throat> I think having the courage to not knowing that things aren't going to be perfect and doing them anyway is one of the most important types of courage to have. A lot of people want everything to work out perfectly. And it has to be this way where you're going, if it's not perfect, it's, it's not, it's not, you know, going to be up to my standards, you know, and as they say, they're saying goes to Silicon Valley, done is better than perfect. Done right? is better than perfect. Yeah. Done is better than perfect. And, and I think that's key. Um, uh, there was a moment where I was, um, on, I was on a bus in LA and I was, I was riding the bus and it was in that time where I was just starting to work out. And I saw, I thought, well, you know, what are you doing working out all the time? I said, you're, you're not going to be a professional bodybuilder and you're not going to be um, taking this to a level of a pro. I said, well, I said, that's probably true. You know, I don't know if that's the, what I'm doing with this working out thing and what I'm going to do with it. Cause you're trying to find your identity all the time. What, where, where do I stand here? Where am I? Where am I? And, you know, I said, well, you know, I'm, I'm going to work out anyway. Um, and I'm going to see what happens in a couple of years with it. Uh, you know, time's going to go do its thing yeah. and I may as well do something in that time or not. Right. And I think that is the takeaway for the courage purpose, because time's going to go on. Mm -hmm. and it's going to tick and tick. And you, the only thing that's going to matter is whether you did that thing that you wanted to do or that you didn't do it. Um, and as time goes on, you'll say, well, I could have had this great thing. I, I should have done this. I should, but, but that time is gone. So all we can do is do what's, what's moving forward and the courage to have that ability to say, well, I'm going to do it, even though I don't know where this is going to lead, but it feels right. Or I think it's right. 
that's that's what I'm going to do. So run with that, you know, go go towards that direction of what excites you, what makes you feel good. And and does it make sense? You know, is it something that is good for you? Right. And there's a lot of different blocks that come in people's ways. And a great book on it, I think, is um, The War of Art, which is all about resistance, right? And we create unnecessary resistance for ourselves, whether it be spiritual, personal, to move forward. And you got to kind of ask, you got to be honest with yourself and ask yourself these questions, you know, what's going to happen if I do this? Is something good going to happen from it? And I think as human beings, that's, that's hard for us to look so far ahead. And Simon Sinek um, said that working really hard for something you don't care about is stress. But working hard for something you love, that's passion. Mm. And it's being able to find that, that passion. The one thing I like that you talked about is the incremental uh, change. You don't just go out and run a marathon, right? You get up off the couch and walk first. That's right. That's right. And then you add a little bit more to it. And then you run, and then you jog, right? And you, little, little changes that kind of lead towards that. But it's that initial standing up that everybody needs to get to just start. Right. 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 Just, just start. And the, you know, the, that's the thing everybody wants to do it right away. And it, it doesn't work like that. Right. Mastery um, is a journey. It's a process mm-hmm. and you have to start at the very minimal state. It wouldn't be fun either, by the way, if you just right. became great at something, there's no, there's no glory in it. You know what I mean? You got to go through the the trenches, you got to go through the, the hard part, the drudgery, as, as Robert Greene calls it in, in mastery, right, is, is going through the, the tougher parts where you learn all these things about yourself. You know, um, there's a beautiful story of a, of a baby and, you know, babies don't just start to get up and then give up at one point and say, well, I can't stand anymore. I'm, I'm done. I'm out of here. You know, that baby will keep standing and keep trying and keep trying and keep going. And eventually the baby will stand. So it's the same thing here. You, you, you got, you got to stick with it long enough to say, I'm going to give this thing some time here to pick up some momentum. If you, you know, you run one day or two days, like you said, and say, well, I'm not ready for this marathon. Yeah, you're right. You're not ready for the marathon, but that doesn't mean if you don't stick with it, you know, you won't be ready. The, be- the body is a beautiful thing. And we can learn so much of it to translate to business is that it adapts, right? The body will adapt to what you expose it to over and over and over again. It's the specific adaptations of imposed demands is, is a scientific term or, or uh, acronym for it is a said principle. And it's the same thing in, in anything else. If you, in business, if you keep showing up, you keep learning, you keep practicing, eventually you're going to master it. And yeah. That, that's it. I think people need to give themselves more time to, to master something. Allow yourself two to three months, even six months to truly immerse yourself in it. Yeah. So now who do you work with? Who are some of your, your clients? What are you helping them with? Is it strength training? Is it endurance training? So we have a, a lot of, um, you know, basically clients that want to lose weight, um, build strength. And a lot of it is, you know, coaching them to, um, believe it or not, start in the mindset and understanding the different things that go into it. So it's a lot of, you know, um, you know, mindset shifts, attitude shifts, and, and, you know, working out is the, basically the ground of it there. So it's a lot of, yeah, um, clients that want to, you know, lose weight and start that, that journey. So we've had a lot of success stories. We're very thankful for our, our trainers that, um, just really bring it every day and, um, get get these clients to their goals, and it's it's been it's been awesome to see. There's nothing like seeing somebody that's hit their goal, and they they, they just start to get. You just see it in their eyes. They're just there's a different version of them. Oh yeah, you know well, it's and, emotional. It's, yeah, it's it very really emotional, is. You know? it really is. Very cool. Um. So do you would you say you have a, a certain like superpower as a coach? Or what's your best strength? Is it helping them identify their goal? Is it helping them um, identify that future vision of themselves? What do you think it is? You know, that's, that's a great question. I think for me, it's identifying the possibility that there is a better version of themselves and that they can truly achieve it if they, if they work at it Um, and being a good, you know, partner, is kind of the thing that I've, I've kind of prided myself on and, and, and being at the same time, 
um, objective enough to say, you know, this, these, we got to be firm here. I got to tell you the way that these are things you're doing. You're doing good here, that these things here need a little bit of, of work here. And, and being very empathetic, you know, is, is the key is, is truly, you know, listening, being with them and understanding what their, their handicaps, what their, what their problems and obstacles are and, and trying to guide them again to finding their own answers. Right. So I think empathy there is, is, is the takeaway. I think that's the most important thing you can have as, as, as a leader is, is just truly, you know, caring about them, you know, and, and wanting that success for, for them and helping them see that. Um, that, that's kind of the thing that I've always done. I look back on my training career and I thought, man, I wasn't, you know, training moves essentially are all the same, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you have fancy different variations of workouts, but you know, what differentiates trainers and why, why did I do okay versus someone else? And I look back and it was just all about being, you know, their, their partner, their friend and understanding things about them and, and obviously having knowledge and helping guide them and mentoring them and, and their decisions. But it was just being that guide with them, you know, being that friend and partner. Awesome. Very cool. All right. Let's shift gears a little bit. Tell me about your uh, podcast, the value verse. Yeah. Valueverse. I started that in, in April of this year and Valueverse is all about a space where people can learn and benefit from and, and the power of storytelling and, you know, takeaways that we can provide there. And, um, you know, I, I go on interviews and, you know, uh, I love this podcast because you ask great questions. You're a great host and I'm always learning. So it's, it's just about finding kind of like what their story is and, and, and how they got to where they got to. And, um, what were the trials and triumphs? What, what were the hard things and, and, and uncovering insights from that, um, and helping listeners sort of get to that space where they say, wow, you know, this person's done, you know, some cool things in their life or become successful. And they also went through these things. And, and I think, you know, building that connection of that, the interconnectedness of that we all have as a human condition is, it's kind of what I strive to do is just is build a genuine connection on there. Awesome. And how many episodes have you done so far? So I've done about 31 episodes cool. so far. So we do one every Tuesday, 8 a.m. Pacific time. And we do, a, I do a Friday solo 8 a.m. Pacific time. Um, and I was actually, um, I think I was talking to Simon about it and I was going to ask him and yourself that if you wanted to do one, all three of us, I think, because we're all that coaches. would be great. So that would I think, be awesome. Uh, yeah, we tackle some topics there that would be good and add value, hopefully, to the, to the audience. So, um, yes, it's been a it's been a ride, and as you know, the world of podcasting is, and I, I think it's a great medium to have to just connect with individuals such as yourself. I, I don't think you and I, I mean, maybe run into each other at an airport one day or something, or who knows, you know, but it, the, the ability to connect with somebody from across the world and, and share this, this, these moments, these conversations are so profound to me. Absolutely. No. And I, yeah, I'm, like I said, I'm a lifelong learner. I'm watching videos. I'm listening to podcasts. I'm, I'm you know, reading books. I've got books and Kindles in every room of the house almost. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, yeah. So just constantly wanting to learn. So you've done a lot in your life, right? Um, did, so did you grow up in, in where did, where did you grow up? Locally so or yeah, you... I was, I was born in um, Romania. Okay. Okay. In um, 1982 okay. and moved to France for a couple of years. I was, I was about six years old. My mom and dad got divorced. We moved to Virginia and then from Virginia moved to Los Angeles, Los Angeles to San Diego. So went around a little bit. And uh, I must say, you know, San Diego is awesome. I love San Diego and LA. Yeah. LA is, is a place that made me kind of who I am and and instilled a lot of different principles there. No, I grew up in Southern California. So I know the area Ah. love, love San Diego. Um, Would you do it all over again? If you had it to do again, would you do it the same way? Would you do things differently or sooner or later than, than you did? You know, what, a, what a great question. I, I think there's, there's been so many times where I've, I've looked back on my life and I said, you know, if you did this, then you'd be this now. And I said, yeah, that's true. Man, why, why do I suck? And, you know, there, there's been, you know, I've, I've sat down with myself so many times. I can't tell you how many times I've done that. And I look back and, you know, I think there's a movie on it. Oh, man, 
I forgot the name of the movie, but it's, it's a famous Christmas movie. Right. And the guy goes, I think there's a ghost that takes him back and shows him what his life would be like if, or life if he would wasn't be like around, if he yeah. wasn't around. And I saw that when I was in LA and that made me think a little bit. I still I was embarking on my journey then. I didn't know too much then, but you know, I came to it now. I look around all the people around me. You know, I look at my business partners, my my guys, you know, the trainers, uh, you know, and I all these people in my life. And I said, man, I would have never met any of them if I did one little step differently. If I had just one percent different in my trajectory, what would happen? So you know, I can't say that I would do it differently. I think. I think there were some things I could have done without maybe, uh, you know, like uh, some habits I picked up that I probably, you know, I could have done without. I think there's definitely some, some truth there. Um, but I think as the tra- trajectory goes, I think it was all just part of something bigger. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what advice would you give for an entrepreneur just starting off? For an entrepreneur just starting off, you know, I would say go out and, you know, re- get a bunch of information and knowledge on things and find out what you pay attention to the most. What, what, what draws your, your attention, right? <clears throat> find out what your interests are. Um, look into it, research it. We're living in, a, in an age right now where you open up Google and put anything in there. You'll find anything you want on that subject and, and look into those things. Pay attention to what your habits are, what your, your things are, what you like. Um, and don't be afraid to, you know, acknowledge that you're not great at everything. And that's okay. You know, that's why we have teams. That's why we have delegation. You know, you can get these things done with someone more knowledgeable, powerful, skillful, whatever you want to call it. Um, so my, my first step is find out about yourself. N- know what you, who you are, what, what you are great at, what you aren't that good at, and, and, and learn how to work with that like you called it earlier, that, that genius, right. Whatever that, whatever you're brilliant at. So that's the first step is understanding that. I think the second one is, is, um, you know, take, take a bunch of personality tests, you know, find out what the common denominator, what's key, what keeps showing up, what's going on there for you. Right. And Clifton strengths finder is great. Um, I love that one. Um, yeah, I like the Enneagram as well and, and see, see what you're, what your traits are there. And then, you know, to finish off that answer is, is find a mentor, find somebody that um, is doing what you want to do and say, I want to do that and, and go and shadow that person, offer your skills, your services, and, and do exactly what that person tells you to do. Run with your own rendition of it or whatever is different for you as far as like the path you want to take. But understand that that person is imparting knowledge. So the best thing to do is to get out of your own way and just, just listen and, and shadow that mentor and and then just, just run with it. And you'd be surprised at how many people are willing to be mentors. Just nobody ever asks them. So yeah, find somebody who's doing what you want to do and ask them, Hey, can you mentor me? That's right. That's right. And, and, and offer your, your services, be of value, say, Hey, I'm ready. I'm willing to, to help. And do whatever it takes here. And I'll listen, I'll do the things you don't want to do. Like what you had some Excel spreadsheets that you don't want to handle. I got them. And, and then just, just show up and, and learn and, and take that process or that, that role of student or mentee and, and just, just go with it. You know, I think it's, it's a beautiful uh, journey up ahead. Yep. Find your Mr. Miyagi and you wax yeah, on. That's, wax right. Off, right? <laughs> that's right. Whatever it takes. Awesome. Come on. This has been fun. Um, if people want to get in touch with you or follow you, um, in your journey, where can they, where can they find you? What's your website? Yeah. So uh, on the web, um, at www.thevalueverse.com and on I'm active on Instagram. So, and that's at valueverse. And then the, um, podcast is on all platforms as well, which is just valueverse. Yeah. Very cool. And when do you open up the new shops? The so new- we're looking at, um, hopefully by the end of this year, and um, maybe into Q1 of, of next year. So maybe in like January to March awesome. area there, which is what we're hoping for. Cause that's kind of where people decide they want to do something with their, yeah. their fitness there. Right? Now, did, did COVID mess you guys up? Did it hold you back? Yeah, absolutely. COVID was, uh, you know, it, we went through the entire, you know, state being shut down there and we had to uh, shut down for about three months. Mm-hmm. And then, 
it was, it was tough, man. Um, and that was the time that really just challenged us as a team. Cause we didn't know what was going to happen next. We never went through something like this. And on the other side of that was a, a beautiful thing is that's kind of when I started looking at podcasting was in that, because I had all this time on my hands yeah. and I said, okay, what can I do with this time? And, uh, we you know we shut down, we reopened, we, we were going to get shut down again. So we had to build an outdoor gym. So it was a lot of adaptation, a lot of flexibility that, that was needed and, and teamwork that, that really helped us put together, which I thank my business partners for till this day. Very cool. Good job. Yeah. That pivot, everybody had to learn to pivot, right? That's, that's exactly right. The pivot, the, the adaptation, um, you know, COVID was, was, is, and still is a tough thing. And, but it exposes you, you know, it, it show it, it tries to shift you. And as human beings, I think we've come such a long way to try and always be adapting, always be learning to learn more and yeah. be willing to, to go forward. Yeah. I heard a quote years ago. Somebody said that uh, circumstances don't make or break a man. They reveal a man. Ah, man that's yeah. nice. Yeah. I like that. I like that one. That's, that's exactly right. You know, and that's, there's so many things that's happened and that's the way you look at them, the way you respond to them is, is what's yeah. going to dictate your outcome. You know, Absolutely. love that. Love that. Absolutely. Well, sir, you have responded well because you are on your way. This has been amazing. Thank, <laughs> Thank you so you. much for sharing your story with us. Uh, thanks for coming on. Um, I will make sure that all your contact information is in the show notes. So people know how to get in touch with you. And uh, yeah, when you start expanding across the U S and taking over, you know, the gyms, in every state, we'll, uh, we'll have you back on and talk again. And I would love to do something with you and Simon. I think that'd be great. Oh yeah, we're, we're going to make it happen. It's going to be us three there. And um, I think we'll have a lot to talk about. And I think Sounds it'll be great. Um, I love the work that you're putting out there. Thank you so much for having me on and keep up the awesome work where people need to hear this stuff, you know? Thank you. Thank you. All right. Listeners, hope you guys enjoy this. Hope you're taking notes because there's a lot of good takeaways from this. Um, and if you did enjoy the, this episode, make sure you share it with your family, friends, and colleagues. And stick around because there's always more coming. That's it for me, Coach Harlan, saying so long for now. 